Hi, everybody. Okay, this is the breakdown that I promised of the Age of Deception or the Age of Deceit videos. I had posted both of those at about, they were over three hours long each, and I had promised to break them down into segments so that people could download them more easily, and hopefully we can reach more people because you know there are millions, untold millions of people who would never click on a video that says it's three hours long whether they were interested in the topic or not but that being said let me slide this over and show you guys over 400,000 people just in the last two months since i uploaded the first age of deceit video did click on it and watch it so that has to restore your faith in humanity people are waking up people are absolutely waking up to what is going on around us but anyway, as promised, this is now these two videos here are going to be broken down into one eight-part series called the Age of Deceit series. And I'll put different subtitles behind the Age of Deceit title in every title line because this series is packed with information. There are a thousand different things discussed in this series. It's not just one thing that we just beat over and over for six hours. It, we go through a ton of different topics. So I'll put those in the subtitle in the title line behind each one, but it'll be eight parts. So this part you're watching right now is only one part of an eight part series. And as always, I do encourage you, please watch all of the parts because especially part four, which would be the end of this full version, and part eight, which would be the end of the second full version video. Both of those parts are really the most shocking. So it would be a shame if you watch just the first parts, which are more of an introduction to the topic and you missed out on the really shocking information and vice versa. I don't encourage skipping forward just to those parts, because the whole point of putting all of this together in one place in context is a laying the foundation sort of process so that people can receive this information because a lot of it is really fringy and people, it's hard for them to understand it unless you put it in context of everything else that is going on around us. If you take just that one little interesting part out like everybody does in an eight minute sound bite, then it's just parody to most people. So that's why I put it all together in one place and try to bring these puzzle pieces together. So if you are interested in this type of subject matter at all, please do take the time to watch the entire series. You know, even if it takes you a couple of months, uh, please do, because there are some real gems in every single episode of this series. And it's just so sad because these young, naive, brainwashed, uh, you know, generation of humans, they buy into it, hook, line, and sinker. Absolutely, they say, okay, I will disassociate from my own identity and I'll start going around telling everybody, well, I identify as, you know, whatever. And that's the point also with the non-binary is that they say it should be fluid. So you should let these multiples one at a time, you know, possess, you might be this one day and you might be something else the next day. So they want you to completely open yourself up. To essentially be their channel to be a portal for multiple entities and where they used to individually do the mk ultra stuff and beam make them watch images how all the whistleblowers said they were made to sit and watch these images and these tapes this propaganda programming now we're so far along in this they've got they've got the new generations programming themselves 
I discussed that at great length in my video, Children of the Beast System. Right there, that's the thumbnail with the iPhone slapped on their face like an alien implant. They are literally programming themselves. They're eating it up. They can't get enough. Just programming, hell, destruction, perversion, nakedness, blood, hell, violence, da, da, da. Just nonstop. They cannot take their eyes off of it. Trauma, 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 trauma. Do you really think it's a coincidence? Just like the royalty I started this video with, Queen Maud and all of them, all the way through the magazine covers with Queen, Queen, this and that. And you think it's a coincidence that Freddie Mercury's band that they put forward as propaganda to the masses, that his band was named Queen? Queen, they've been programming us. And I'm tired of being gaslighted. I mean, they openly gaslight. They tell us to our faces, you are crazy. You need to get back on your meds. I mean, it's beyond gaslighting. They just flat out hate speech against us. It's so weird because we can't say anything. Oh, that might offend them. This video it might be, even though I'm just showing facts, it might be, oh, it's offensive to them. But what if I'm offended? By them shoving all of this murder down my face, them shoving all this blood and gore and death, all the things of hell, perversion, just nonstop, down, down our throats, broadcast over us continually. What if I'm offended? I am offended. I'm very offended. But the way they see it, we don't have any rights. They can offend us. They can gaslight us and tell us we're crazy. Use those words. You are mentally ill gaslight us to the point that they have convinced many people they are crazy and they have lost their faith especially in the university it's something like 80 percent of the christian children who enter the university come out renouncing their faith and i'm tired of being told we're reading too much into stuff when we say they are actually satanists that there are satanists among them I'm not reading anything into anything. They say it out of their own mouths. They put it in their own songs. 
They sing about it. They write about it. They put it on their album covers. Here's just a few examples on the Beatles cover, Aleister Crowley. And then he writes songs that say, imagine there's no heaven. Wouldn't that be an amazing world if there was no heaven? <laughs> they bash the Bible. They say the most vile things about Jesus Christ. They esteem these Satanists like Aleister Crowley. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. What kind of Satanist and sexual deviance would defend such a wicked man like Aleister Crowley, who was taking advantage of little children as a pedophile? How heartbreaking that anyone would think to defend those who would be promoting Satanist Aleister Crowley's work. Crowley imagined a world without God wherein a Superman race would rule over humanity and abide by his Satanic credo, do what thou wilt, shall be the whole of the law. Crowley, using the hawk-headed god Horus as a satanic symbol of the new eon to come, said with my hawk's head I peck out the eyes of Jesus as he hangs upon the cross. Sadly, before he died, Freddie Mercury, well aware of surrendering his soul to Beelzebub, as he put it, stated that he preferred the torments of hell to heaven. Do you think you're going to get to heaven? No, I don't want to. You don't want to? No, hell's much better. <laughs> Look at the interesting people that you're going to meet down there. <laughs>Okay, I'm sorry. I got off on a tangent there, but there's just so much information and so many examples on this particular topic. But I do want to get back to the in vitro fertilization and the breeding program. And as you can see on the screen, Gattaca, yet another example of predictive programming. In the interest of time, I'll skip over the next 50 or 100 examples I was going to give of all these elitists who admit that they had their children were created in vitro in labs. And I'm going to move forward to twinning. Remember earlier in the video when I was talking about where the term doppelganger comes from and that it's a German word and that they started showing up even pre the Nazi era, that it seemed to be something that was coming from the Nephilim races and we know from alien abductions that they're always harvesting DNA and all, all of that. Okay, we know that Joseph Mengele, one of the programs that he was working on was twinning. They were intensely consumed with making doubles of people. Now we know in modern lingo, we would call that cloning cloning. But back then in the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s, it was twinning research. But obviously the Nazis were doing research into genetic cloning all the way back then. And I just want to reiterate that when I say Nazis, I'm not just talking about, uh, you know, Hitler and this small group of people that we know as the Nazis. 
I'm talking about the Ashkenazi Jews that stretch back thousands of years that I traced all the way through the Gothic cathedrals and all of that. It's all in the, the past several videos that I've put up. So I'm talking about the Ashkenazi Jews, which politically were represented by the Nazi party. And then even after World War II continued on. And for those of you who haven't seen those videos, I also want to reiterate that we cannot be anti-Semitic. We cannot. These are not Jews. This is what the Bible says right here in the book of Revelation. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. And again in Revelation 3, 9, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. So I hate that I have to keep pointing that out, but, but unfortunately there are tons of people in the truther movement who are teaching about the Ashkenazi Jews and about the Khazarian Mafia, who also claim to be Jews but are not, and they're leading people astray back into anti-Semitism. So they're leading them right back into that Nazi philosophy. So we have to be clear. These people are, just like it says in the Bible, they're the synagogue of Satan. This is the cabal. They believe that they are the 12 tribes of Israel or the 13 holy bloodlines. They believe that. They believe that they have a birthright to rule over humankind as overlords. They believe that. This is all part of their Luciferian doctrine. And it has branched off. They've taken little pieces of the Hebrew Bible and stuff. And, and they've written their own. The Talmud and the doctrines of demons. And please don't get caught up in these other videos in the truther movement who aren't differentiating. And they're just saying, oh, the Jews are doing it. The Jews are doing it. That's the same exact thing that the Nazis said in their propaganda. So you can see the infiltration in the truth movement. They've come in because people are hot on the trail of the truth and they're sniffing it out and they've infiltrated and they're bringing people right back under the Nazi agenda. Please don't let that happen to you. We are the Hebrews. We are the descendants of Adam. Humans. Humans are the Hebrews. The Gentiles are the Nephilim offspring. We are not the Gentiles. I know we've been taught that by them and they've infiltrated the organized religion and oh, we're the Gentiles. That Oh, we, I guess we'll be saved, I guess. No, we are the Hebrews. If you're a human, you're a Hebrew. You're a descendant of Adam. The Gentile races, it's really clear. It talks about them again and again, the Hittites, the Moabites. It talks about where they came from these pagan bloodlines from these ancestral gods, which were the fallen angels, the Raphaim, the Nephilim. I mean, essentially, that's what the whole Bible is about. God trying to save his children, trying to stop the extinction of the human race. And the Bible records some bottlenecks in history, in world history, where the humans were almost extinct. Not just Noah, when, when the world got down to eight humans, but it also talks about back in Abraham and Lot's time that he said the same thing. He was going to repopulate the earth from Abraham. And Abraham's relative Lot, remember when they escaped from Sodom and Gomorrah before it was destroyed? Lot's daughters actually said that they had to mate with their father because there were no humans left. 
there are none like us they said they had they got their father drunk so that both of those daughters could conceive children go back and read those verses that seem to make no sense they were they flat out said the daughter said they didn't want to do that who would want to do that but they said there's none left there are there are no humans left there's no one for us to have children with near extinction of the human race read the records of when joseph's relatives came into egypt to survive the famine it said there were only 70 humans left. All of the Hebrews that were left combined were 70. It says the number in the Bible. And then it says when they went into Egypt, then they prospered and multiplied and built the human population up again to millions. And that's when the Pharaohs are like, whoa, there's more of them than us. We need to stop this. Here's the verse right here. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile but let every girl live. And remember, that was the story of Moses. When he was a baby, they hid him away. They hid him away in that basket and Pharaoh's daughter found him and he was raised in Pharaoh's household. God set him up. He placed him inside that regime for a later time for the deliverance of the human race from that slavery. But this is what we're seeing today. This assault on our boys, on our men, on the masculinity. They've effeminized our men. They've humiliated them. They've emasculated them. They're assailing them with everything. Chemicals, BPA, you know, look up BPA plastic. For decades, they put it inside all of our canned goods as a lining, still is in a lot. And, you know, all of our plastic dishes that we microwave, all of that affects the hormones of our boys. So they are under assault. Sperm counts are dropping as much as 52%. They're chemically castrating our men right in front of our faces. A strange thing has happened to men over the past few decades. We've become increasingly infertile, so much so that within a generation, we may lose the ability to reproduce entirely. What's causing this? Just Google it. There's a zillion articles on it. And everybody's just going on with their life while this assault on our men is almost complete. Assault on humanity as a whole. And that's not counting the nanotechnology and the chemtrails. And they've destroyed the nuclear family unit. So the majority of boys are raised in fatherless homes. And they pick up the mannerisms of their mothers. They are effeminized. They're doing this on purpose. They're taking our warriors. They're taking our providers. They're taking our protectors. They're taking our, the heads of our household. They're doing this to humans on purpose. And they've always done it. This verse is from thousands and thousands of years ago. And they knew, get rid of the boys. That's how you destroy the human race. Get rid of the boys. They said, well, keep the girls because we can use them. And that was the breeding program. That was the hybridization program. If you go up into Exodus 1.19, it talks specifically about the way that the human women, you know, could produce babies. But the Egyptian women had a lot of trouble because we know hybrids are barren and sterile. It's like, like a mule, which is a mix between a horse and a donkey. So because it's a hybrid, it comes out sterile and not able to reproduce itself. These were fail-safes that were put in place in our DNA, and they're trying to circumvent them. 
that's what the whole Bible is about. So I don't really know how you can understand the Bible unless you you read it in the context of what we see in the archaeological record, which is reality. That's why Moses had to teach the humans something as remedial as the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't worship these Nephilim gods. Because these humans were born into the Egyptian culture. They had been living amongst demons spawn their whole life. They had to be taught the very basics of morality. And here we are again. Here we are again. Under the rule of this cabal being taught every sort of perversion and fallen angel worship and all of it. We're right back where we started from. Enslaved to them again. So back to the Nazi twinning or cloning research. While we, the rest of us, are becoming increasingly infertile, as well as them encouraging our descendants to have abortions and do exactly what the Egyptian Pharaoh was doing to the Hebrew children and all of their other ways of population control, while they're doing that to us, they are multiplying their own descendants. The number of twins that you see come out of Hollywood is inordinate, to say the least. And these are just the ones they show us, not the crazy stories that we hear are going on in the underground bases from my lab whistleblowers and that type of thing. This is just what they show us to our faces. So people are noticing, here's an article, what's with the twins explosion in Hollywood? Everyone assumes it's due to IVF. So of course, Beyonce and Jay-Z, had twins. Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie had twins. Celine Dion. George Clooney and that had twins. And of course, we can't forget the face of the public royals. Kate Middleton, or now Prince William's wife, twins. Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Gwen Stefani. Ooh, it's a miracle baby at 46. You'll see that a lot too. Tons of celebrities having miracle babies at like 50 years old. Jennifer Lopez, twins. Julia Roberts, twins. Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick, twins. Mariah Carey had twins. Brooke Shields had twins. Robert De Niro had twin sons through in vitro fertilization. Dennis Quaid had twins. Angela Bassett had twins. But you get the picture. While sperm counts are way down for the rest of us, the A-list elitists, they're like hatching them by the litter. And on top of that, they're adopting tons of children. You know, Nicole Kidman's adopted a bunch of kids. You know, Angelina. Jolie and Brad Pitt adopted several children. Hugh Jackman and his, this person here, uh, went through both IVF and ended up adopting children, two children they adopted. And don't get me wrong, of course I think adopting children is amazing. Giving children a wonderful home. I myself would love to adopt children if I wasn't already a single mom. I would love that. I think it's a fantastic thing. That's not the issue. The issue is that so many of these people adopting these children then are transitioning them and transgendering them. 
like here you can go on here and see Charlize Theron and she says her she adopted this young black boy and now she's making him dress like a girl and telling everybody she has two daughters now you can go here's the interviews click on it and she talks about her two daughters and there's tons of pictures of of her dressing him up like a girl she's transgendering him she says that he identifies as a girl so here this white woman adopts these young black children and starts humiliating this little black boy where are the black lives matter people on this in my opinion this is child abuse and we see it with tons of celebrities. Here's Pink, big shocker, right? I mean, she's so feminine. Pink is raising her daughter gender neutral. Daughter, just look at the picture. I'll leave it to you. Both of them. It's just so sad that they do this to their children and publicly. And again, I'm so tired of being gaslighted just for reporting what we see with our own eyes. When we say that they're transitioning their children and they're changing the gender of their children, they're doing it openly. It's like on the cover of magazines. This is a, some conspiracy theory. This was a little girl. This was one of her twins. And it, starting when she was just a toddler, they started dressing her like a boy and transitioning her into a boy in the public eye. And there's no doubt that that's child abuse. These, these children haven't even gone through puberty yet. They don't have their hormones. They don't know. They, they can't make decisions. I mean, in, fa in fact, we won't even let a human get a driver's license until they're 16. They can't make those kind of decisions. They can't even buy a beer till they're 21. We don't think they're responsible enough to make those type of decisions. But they're telling us that these children are capable of making decisions for the rest of their life at three years old five years old, seven years old. My son, between the ages of four and six, he thought he was a robot. So I didn't go and start cutting body parts off and putting machine parts on him and be like, he identifies as a robot. I'm just being a good mom. No, they'd have locked me up because it's insanity. But yet these people are saying it's not insanity. Now my son pretends to be a dinosaur all the time. That's his thing. But I would never say, well, my son identifies as a dinosaur. That's who he's going to be for the rest of his life. And even when it just comes to sexuality, when I was in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, I thought boys had cooties. All little kids are like that. Thank God my parents didn't say, oh, well, look, she's gay. We're going to start transitioning her. I never would have had a life. I never would have had my son if they would have robbed me of my identity just because when I was six, seven, eight years old, I thought boys had cooties. So this goes beyond bad parenting. This is child abuse. They're robbing these children of their human rights. This is just so sad, and it's not the choice of the child, it's the choice of the parent. They've made this transgender thing so hipster, right? So trendy. You're like the cool celebrities. You're fitting in with all this transgender stuff. And so this little child's being toted around like a Gucci purse. She's like, look at my transgender child. Well, this is not a Gucci purse. This is a little boy. This is a human being. Have we lost all touch with reality? This is an emergency. This is 911. Do you know the suicide rates of transgenders are like 40 to 
Suicide attempts and in some countries, successful suicide rates are above 40%. For this reason alone, I would think psychiatrists would want to talk people out of transitioning. 46%, 46% of trans men and 42% of trans women attempted suicide. This is from the um, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, the Williams Institute. And in India, 31% of transgender people die from suicide. Michelle Cotelli is the president of the American College of Pediatricians. She just wrote a piece in which she says, we're quoting now, transgender ideology has infiltrated my field and produced large-scale child abuse. Cotelli says doctors are encouraging parents to have their kids change genders when there's no evidence these changes are safe or even helpful. Dr. Cotella joins us now. Thank you very much, Tucker. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Um, I think it's important to say that everyone on both sides of this issue is concerned about finding loving and healthful solutions for yes, all children. Right. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, um, we at the, the American College of Pediatricians and also I have many colleagues on the left also insist that those solutions be rooted in, in reality and transgender ideology is not. Um, Sex is hardwired from before birth and it cannot change. Um, and that's why we have, we'd actually called this child abuse because by feeding children and families these lies, children are having their normal psychological development interrupted. They're, even, they're being put on the puberty blockers, which essentially castrates them chemically, followed by surgical mutilation later on. This is, this is child abuse. It's not healthcare. It's MK Ultra is what it is. It's MK Ultra for the masses. And I'm sure some people were probably shocked to hear a doctor say that, that sex is hardwired because they've, you know, been brainwashed for so long by this cult. But she is speaking medically. That's the truth. They've blurred the lines of logic so much that they've confused gender with sexual attraction. And those are two completely different things. It shouldn't be confusing at all. It's really very simple. If you have same-sex attractions, that doesn't change your gender. People lust after lots of things. People desire lots of things. But that doesn't change anybody's gender. Peanut butter is not a gender. If you lust after money, you're not a dollar bill. It doesn't change your gender if you're a male or female. If you have same-sex attractions, that's, that's, attra that's sexual attraction. That doesn't change your, it doesn't change your X and Y chromosome. It does not change your biology. It does not change your genitalia. It does not change anything scientific, biological, or genetic about you. Sexual attraction is a completely different thing. There are pedophiles who are sexually attracted to little babies. That has nothing to do with gender. There are men and women who have same-sex attractions to adults. That has nothing to do with gender. But see, they've blurred it all. They've lumped it all into this LGBTQ, LMNLP type thing. And that's why it's so dangerous. Because then these pseudo-psychiatrists, instead of discouraging people from destructive behavior, are encouraging this self-mutilation and destructive behavior. And, and then these people follow the advice of the cult and they end up transgendered and suicidal.
because there was no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They're still tormented souls, only now they're disillusioned and even more hopeless. And the official suicide rates reflect that. This is real. This isn't, I'm not speaking from a religious perspective. I'm speaking from a scientific perspective. Those suicide rates are real. These people are being psychologically harmed by being encouraged into self-destructive behaviors. And as always, now the satanic cult has taken it to the next step through the legal process to make it illegal for counselors or psychiatrists or psychologists to even try to advise patients any other way than this self-destructive behavior. I did a video about it right here. Wake up, it's here, Antichrist law to ban the Bible in California. And they, they want to make it a crime to have any other perspective than their Luciferian androgynous uh, cult beliefs. So they're saying that it's harmful. They call it conversion therapy, which breaks down to the Christian Bible. You can't tell them that homosexuality is wrong. You can't, you know, because that's so damaging to them for anyone to influence them in any way other than further down the road of gender confusion and perversion and things like that. So it's California Assembly Bill 2943 that seeks to make it a crime and outlaw Christian counseling or any, like the clip of the doctor that I just said, and used to there, you can go and look up the articles, 60% of psychiatrists called it body dysmorphia disorder. They believed it was a, a mental illness when you can't identify with your own body. And, you know, there were cases of body dysmorphia disorder where people would want to cut off their own limbs and, and things like that. And clearly, any licensed professional could not encourage that because that would be insanity, right? To allow a patient to cut their arm off because they had body dysmorphia disorder, but they can encourage them to cut their penis off or their breasts off or, you know, any other body parts. So it's the pinnacle of hypocrisy and it's just illogical. I can't believe it, but people, they're behind this. I mean, this is really a cult. This is happening. It's just happening on a, such a large scale, it's hard to imagine. So you can trace this as far back as you can go into theater. And then even before the invention of the television at the theaters, the silent movies, you see it. And then as we move into the old black and white movies, and then into the invention of television and so forth, it's, it's just increased and increased and increased. And the use of these actors continued all the way up to the present time. The problem is, like I always talk about in my videos, they didn't have to put our eyes out to blind us. They blinded us with our minds. So if you think you're looking at a woman, you just, you know, you don't think about it. It's just, it just is. It is what they tell you it is. It's like my whole video series about the biggest secret hidden in plain sight that you can see petrified fossils right in front of your face or a giant tree stump right in front of your face. You can see all of these things, evidence of the real world all around us, but we just don't see it because they told us it wasn't so. And up until the Great Awakening, people just believed what they were told. And it's especially hard to believe that our sex symbols that men have lusted after for generations could be men. I mean, men especially aren't going to want to admit that.
that Katherine Hepburn could be a man, that they might have been tricked into being attracted to a man, again with the MKUltra trauma-based mind control. It's traumatic for a God-fearing heterosexual man to uh, admit that he might have been tricked into lusting after another man. But even if you can't admit that, say, Catherine Hepburn, for example, could have possibly been a, a cross-dressing male or transvestite or transgender, you have to admit that they did at least use her in transgender films. In the 1935 film, Sylvia Scarlet, Catherine Hepburn plays a transvestite man. In the film, she cuts all of her hair off. She decides she's going to be a man and that it's a transgender movie. Look it up and watch it. I'm not making this up. And they introduced the first uh, woman kissing woman lesbian act. This is still back in black and white movies when they were introducing this agenda. So it was long before we saw Madonna stick her tongue down Britney Spears throat on stage at the music awards or Christina Aguilera and Madonna making out in their underwear at the music awards. They started on the parents and the parents' parents decades and decades ago, a full generation or two ago, they started slowly normalizing this so that there wouldn't be an uproar when we got to this point where we are now, the externalization of the hierarchy. But even with this scene I'm about to show you right now, people were, there was uproar in 1935. People walked out of the theaters. It, it really harmed her career. They had to do some damage control to bring it back around. I want to get it like Ron and Coleman. No. Hold still now. Wait a minute. I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, there you are. Oh, marvelous. I say, I wonder what it'd be like to kiss anybody with a mustache like that. I don't know. Let's try. <laughs> And it's no coincidence, like the Arquettes, that they all end up, I mean, this is the one that's openly transgender, but the entire family just happens to be actors. This story of the dreamy-eyed person who gets on a bus and goes out to L.A. to become famous, that's just a story. These people are all from the same family. This is generational. This is nepotism. I mean, yes, there are lots of people who are waiters and waitresses in Hollywood getting bit parts and stuff like that, but it's naive to think that you're going to make it to the A-list without an initiation. And as hard as it is to believe, many of our sex symbols, the ones that they have created for us to be sex goddesses, they are men. So I want to show you several examples. First, I want to go through the anatomy because there is actual anatomical differences between men and women that can help you see through the deception. And that's especially sinister. It's one thing to make decisions for yourself, but it's a complete different thing to deceive others. And these people have conspired together to deceive humanity. So let's go through a few of the ways that can help us identify the Decepticons. Now again, this is science. This is reality, not conspiracy theory. If forensic scientists, forensic investigators find a body that all of the flesh and muscle, face, everything is gone, they can still identify whether it is a male or a female body because the bone structure is different. 
the pelvic region of the female has to be wider because a baby has to pass through there. See, a baby could never be born through this hip. And the bone structure coming down from the back actually goes all the way down in the male and it's very short in the female. And you know, the tendons and the muscles are attached to these, this bone structure. So here's a typical example. I mean, these are incredibly fit <laughs> humans, especially in this you know day and age of fast food and, and GMO food and all of this stuff. But the point is, is there are differences between a male and a female, no matter what kind of clothes you put on them. And this shows those examples with flesh over the bone structure. So a man will have this right here. It's called the Adonis belt. Okay, you see a woman, no matter how skinny she gets, the actual muscle structure and how the tendons attached to the bones are different. So a male will have this Adonis belt structure and the navel will be above the indentation of the waist. But you can see, so there's the indentation of the waist and the navel will be above the Adonis belt. And on a female, if they're extremely thin and fit, you know, then you can see it well that the curve will go on, go in right below the rib cage and the navel will be below the waist. Navel below the waist, navel above the Adonis belt. Another would be the Adam's apple. Males have an Adam's apple and females do not. So that's usually a dead giveaway. Back when I was coming up, it was so rare, but when I lived out in California and you go over to the west side, you'd know who the tranny hookers were because they had Adam's apples. So, you know, the, the elitists, they have lots of plastic surgery and stuff like that. So you don't see it all that often. For example, here are a couple of pictures from plastic surgeons' websites for advertisements about this transgender surgeries that they do. And you can see here, the Adam's apple here, they shave it down. They actually go in and shave it down. Now that does grow back. The cartilage and everything does grow back. So you will see that in the celebrities over the years in between surgeries. And here's another one that just shows the extent they will go to they literally grind down their bones and shave down, sand down the bones underneath the skin because the brow ridge in a male is very pronounced and a female is more flat, like the sloping. And you can see here where that's been taken down. They've taken it down to feminize the face. They also round off these jaw bones because men have very angular jaw bones and women have more of a sloping, rounded style jawbone, typically speaking. And men, as they age, you know, really fill in. If you look at a young boy, they have a very skinny face. And as they turn into a man, and then through middle age and an older man, you'll see their faces really square out. They continue to fill out. So yeah, one of the plastic surgery things is to go in, and actually shave down that jaw to feminize the face. And again, if you pay close attention to how a lot of these stars age, you will see that filling in, squaring of the jaw as they get older. So you won't see it 100% of the time, but in the regular population out in the bars and the clubs in California, you did see it. So this would be an example. Like this looks like a female, right? But the Adam's apple is a dead giveaway. And once the veil's removed from your eyes and you know what you're looking at, you've You'll see the Adam's apples. You'll see it.
you can absolutely see it if you pay attention, especially if you go all the way back to some of their younger work before they were A-list. And you'll, you'll be able to see, like right here, it's pretty pronounced. You can see it there. It's less pronounced. You can, especially when they're laughing and stuff is usually when you can catch it like that. You can see it's clear. And again, with the male Adonis belt, the love handle, the Adonis belt structure. And you can see she's conscious of it, covering it. And make note of that when you see these types of impromptu pictures, because in all of their studio pictures, to make their bodies whatever they want them to look like. But when they're out in public, you'll notice they do this a lot. It's always hands on the hip, bending to one side, so you can't see the boyish straight figure, all of that type of thing. This type of thing, covering the Adonis belt. Now I'm not gonna do a whole bunch of transvestigations in this video. There are tons of people doing that. Just type in transvestigation or transpocalypse now or something like that, and they go person by person. Some of the channels do a great job, others of them don't. So you'll just have to wade through it and look at the evidence. Like you can look at Cameron Diaz here and you can see the Adonis belt. And you can see, again, it's that same old thing that you catch them doing when they're not there in the comfort of their studios with all of the airbrushing and professional photographers and Photoshopping. If they get caught vacationing in the oceans around the world or whatever, then you'll see them do this if there's a camera around. They're, they know. They know what they're hiding. They know what they're covering up. So, I mean, you'll have to make up your own mind. But when I see the straight up and down and the Adonis belt of the people they're parading in front of us, even with all of the shots that their parents gave them growing up and all of that, you still can't get rid of bone structure. And I know it's hard to believe. I mean, who wants to believe this? But all the makeup in the world doesn't change the fact that there is this structure, this solid sheet of muscle that goes all the way down to the groin, this Adonis belt. There's pink in a bikini. I mean, it's crystal clear. And Britney Spears is another one who has a really, really visible Adonis belt. If you watch, if you know what you're looking for, go back now and watch her different dance routines and stuff when they don't have it camouflaged by higher-waisted stuff. And then she has the low riders on and things like that. It's really, really apparent. I mean, look at that. If you just covered it up, it wasn't in a bikini, would you really think that's a female torso? Okay, that's enough of that. You get the point. You can go further with that if you want. I want to jump back to the breeding program because they're enhancing these embryos in a lot of different ways besides transgendering. There are programs creating super soldiers and interspecies hybrids and all types of things. Now, a lot of that is done in the underground bases and it's not out in the open like the twinning with the celebrities but many, many of the celebrities have publicly stated that they have embryos, frozen embryos still that they're not using. Think about that. These are already embryos, not sperms and eggs. These are babies. These are embryos, fertilized embryos, frozen, just in case they want to unfreeze them and create another human. Like here's an example where frozen embryos were used by the grandparents 
because both of the parents were killed in a car crash, but they had frozen babies in storage and the grandparents fought and the baby, these dead people's baby was born four years after they died. And here's a case of baby Emma being born after 24 years. In November of 2017, a baby was successfully born from an embryo frozen for 24 years. The longest period a viable embryo has ever been stored. Baby Emma is just one example of the amazing fertility solutions science has developed in just a few short years. I mean, that at least has to make you think, could there be anything besides plant seeds being stored in the New World Order Arctic storage unit? I mean, they're open about it being the global seed vault and that they have stored all of these seeds for some sort of doomsday event. But, you know, when we're talking about embryos also being frozen for decades and decades, I don't know, it at least has to make you question could there be anything else being stored in this giant freezer in the Arctic? There's no doubt that all of this trans agenda and the trans movement has a lot of bleed over in the fields. They seem to keep it all in the family. And now Brad Pitt is seeing, or at least was seeing, this MIT professor who is leading the transhumanism movement. So this goes well beyond transgender. This is transhumanism as well. And Neri Oxman just happens to be the figurehead from MIT who is leading the movement creating synthetics, not just clones straight from another human cell, another human embryo, no synthetics created biologically through other means. So although not a ton of these videos are showing the science behind their claims of clones, robotoids, and non-human entities, organic robotoids, things like that, there is science behind it. And it, when they say robotoids, she speaks openly in her TED talk I'm about to play you about melding, about joining mechanics, machines, with these organic synthetics that she and her team of scientists are creating. Here, listen to her in her own words. The split personality of every designer and architect operating today between the chisel and the gene, between machine and organism, between assembly and growth, between Henry Ford and Charles Darwin. My work at its simplest level is about uniting these two worldviews. As designers, we must today bring into account not only the digital, but also the biological. So from nature-inspired design to a design-inspired nature. We live in a very special time in history, a rare time. A time when the confluence of four fields is giving designers access to tools we've never had access to before. These fields are computational design, allowing us to design complex forms with simple code. Additive manufacturing, letting us produce parts by adding material rather than carving it out. Materials engineering, which lets us design behavior of materials in high resolution. And synthetic biology, enabling us to design new biological functionality by editing DNA. In our next project, we explore the possibility of creating a cape and skirt, like a second skin that are made of a single part. Together with my long-term 3D printing collaborator, Stratasys, we 3D printed this cape and skirt with no seams between the cells. The designers have access to such 
high-resolution analytic and synthetic tools enables us to design products that fit not only the shape of our bodies, but also the physiological makeup of our tissues. But is nature ideal? What would design be like if objects were made of a single part? Would we return to a better stage of creation? So we looked for that biblical material, that fruit-bearing, fruitry kind of material, and we found it. Together with our collaborators at Harvard and MIT, we embedded bacteria that were genetically engineered to rapidly capture carbon from the atmosphere and convert it into sugar. For the first time, we were able to generate structures that would seamlessly transition from beam to mesh, and if scaled even larger, to windows. To do that, we needed to contain bacteria and be able to control their flow. So like the periodic table, we came up with our own table of the elements. New life forms that were computationally grown, additively manufactured, and biologically augmented. In our first piece of clothing, we combined two microorganisms. Now, these two microorganisms never interact in nature. In fact, they never met each other. They've been here engineered for the first time to have a relationship inside a piece of clothing. Think of it as evolution not by natural selection, but evolution by design. We then started growing these channels on the human body. So I can't think of anything more fun than wearing fake skin made out of living cells of E. coli. Hey, but that does bring to remembrance a lot of the reports of the whistleblowers talking about these quote unquote gray aliens that they are essentially worker drones, that they are synthetics. And people always report them as, well, they're wearing these suits, these clothes, but it was more like skin. And they'll say things like, but you can't touch them because they'll make you sick. And a lot of that seems to make sense now that we understand that they're bioengineering these synthetics using bacteria and combining bacteria like E. coli with other bacteria that it's never been joined with in, in natural circumstances. Doesn't that harken back to the disclosure that she's talking about right here, that they are admitting that they are making clothing, which is essentially synthetic skin out of living cells. And not just skin, other organs too. In other presentations, she goes around on the circuit presenting this, this technology. She talks about creating organs. In this particular case, this system is inspired by the gastrointestinal tract uh, to design a kind of artificial digestive system for the human body. So synthetics, clones, breeding programs, this all seems like too hard to believe. But it's true. They've been doing this for generations. Surely we haven't already forgotten about the Nazi Lebensborn program where they were openly breeding children. So if we're wondering what all this is about, there, this is what it's about. They were creating a master race, a ruling class. And to do that, they needed to populate the world with their offspring. 